The end of a life is a sad occasion, but listen as our friend Randy with Stokes, Proc, and Munt and the Cremation Society tells us about how the end-of-life services they facilitate serve a role they do not take lightly. But as we celebrate a person's life and even tell funny stories about them, that's a very healing thing. I mean, if you can take a family that's crying, sobbing, and and get them laughing about the person that died. That's very healing. That's a very important thing, you know. I mean, we take our work very, very seriously. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. Hello, everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Another edition of Talk of the Town is upon us, an audio-only vehicle. For this edition here on Tuesday, January the 18th, and that's because the reason we're not doing a uh, live video today, nor the uh, the live edition for those of you that enjoy the, the, the promptly at 3 o'clock Tuesdays and Thursday Edition. Reason we're not is we are actually going to be out uh, recording a couple of our partners' podcasts later on today uh, because we've got a number of partners that obviously do podcasts and we uh, go and record them. And, and one of our partners needed a podcast done uh, right during the same time that we usually do our live talk of the town. And well, we want to spread Scotty out as much as possible. So we're recording this uh, episode today and. Uh, We'll be back to the live edition on uh, on Thursday. But regardless, it does not mean that we are not going to have an outstanding show. And once you are done with this program, don't forget to check out all of the other great shows right here at echometownradio.com. Banker with a Beer, Marcon Unleashed, Real True Talk, Dose of Dog, and many many others. Don't forget to click on our local news as well to get some original reporting. And as the kids like to say, smash that subscribe button on Spotify and iHeart and have these locally made podcasts come right to you. Have a few things want to touch on today. We'll touch on UWEC Chancellor James Smith, his time in town may be coming to an end uh, for good reasons. We'll touch on that. Silvermine, uh, maybe some other things. But want to start off with this. And I know a lot of you do not get the leader telegram. And, and, and for shame. And, and, and for all the ills and faults that you may find with the leader telegram, you should subscribe to it if not the at-home delivery, at least the online. Because it is probably still the number one way to know what's going on in town. And I'm not a shill for the Leader Telegram. They don't pay to be on my site at all. They don't do anything. Some would say they're, some would say they're a competitor. I don't see them as a competitor. They help to what we, what we do on this program helps to augment that coverage. We break down what they talk about, what they uncover. Uh, so you, you should be going out there and getting some type of subscription to the to the Leader Telegram. You can, you can complain all you want for what it used to be, and there's a lot of truth to that, but 
you're missing out if you're not checking them out all the time. And case in point, this last Friday, there was an outstanding letter, long form letter to the editor published by the Leader Telegram, written by Oakland County Board Supervisors Steve Chilson and Mark Beckfield. And the Leader Telegram does this all the time. They publish these letters to the editor, quasi-guest columns in the opinion section that are written by local experts and local politicians on various topics. Long form, meaning they're not the usual one or two paragraphs that somebody has thrown into letter t- letters to the editor, but they're also not a news piece, and they're not paid for by the Leader Telegram, so they are a long form letter to the editor slash guest column. And you read it and you decide. Well, there was an outstanding one published this last Friday by Steve Chilson and Mark Beckfield. And I think great job by them utilizing the Leader Telegram. I would argue that they should try to get on some of our programs to talk. But they they summed up exactly my points over the last several months when it comes to the Department of Human Services. Again, I can't encourage you more to go and read the article yourself because I'll talk about some of the key things right here, but what they talk about almost sounds like it came out of my mouth, out of my mouth the last several months. The same things and the same tone and the same arguments they make are the exact same ones I've been talking about. Remember what the issue is with the Department of Human Services. There's been all these little money issues the last several years. Hence, the investigation. And now you've got people pushing back on why do you need to have an investigation? Well, the reason you have to have an investigation is we want to figure what's been happening over there. And you've got all these surrogates for the Department of Human Services, all of these supporters who aren't necessarily been able to say, yeah, nothing wrong is happening, but instead they're playing the same card that we all know what this card is. They're playing kind of a de facto race card. By what I mean is this. We hear this all the time. You've experienced it. I've experienced it. We've all experienced it at some point. If you don't do this, well, you must be racist. Well, no, no. I'm not racist because I'm not doing X, Y, Z, or I don't support X, Y, Z. It's a separate issue. Well, the same thing here. If If you're supporting having the investigation into the Department of Human Services, then you don't believe in the work and the importance of the work of Department of Human Services. That's absolutely fugazi. It's asinine. It's a lazy argument. But that's what you're hearing from people like Nick Smyre with the Oker County Board and Steve Chilson and Mark Beckfield take him on in this guest column that they write. Remember, those two were, were have been two of the more vocal people when it comes to putting forth the investigation to the Department of Human Services. Uh, so I want to read to you some of this, but again, I, I recommend you go through and check it out yourself. Uh, quote from the article, several people have asked us, this is Mark and Steve writing, asked us why we went to the sheriff to initiate an investigation into the Eau Claire County Department of Human Services. 
Over the last year, we, again, Mark and Steve talking, have been subjected to scathing criticism and disrespect, especially by the county board chair, Nick Smyre. And, I, and, and we, have, we have noted that on this program, the fact that Nick is constantly pounding his fist on the table at anybody, at anybody who dare questions the Department of Human Services. And it, it doesn't take a sleuth to figure out why Nick sometimes is doing this because if you check out Nick's background and Nick's connections, he has a connection to the work that's done with the Department of Human Services. Not necessarily a financial follow-the-money trail, he's making profit off that sort of thing, but there's clearly a connection that he's got. And maybe he's letting emotions get in the way. Continuing on, after the county treasurer theft in 2015, two other criminal cases occurred in the county. In one case, a temporary employee, they talk about some of the other things that went on, and they talk about how all these other investigations were handled by the sheriff's office and referrals made to the district attorney. And that's correct. There was this run, remember, of issues within county departments, and the sheriff's office handled these. Well, in 2019, a third criminal incident occurred by an employee of the Department of Human Services. Instead of having the sheriff investigate, county administration insisted that this case should be investigated by the city police department. This decision deviated from protocol. Two county employees, not from DHS, approached us, again Mark and Steve talking, and asked why a crime by a DHS employee was being handled in a quote-unquote special way. So think about that. All these other cases were handled one way. What made the DHS special? We continue on. Mark and Steve say, We consulted with legal counsel and were informed that as county board supervisors, we had a responsibility as elected officials and citizens of Oakware County to report to the sheriff's office both the theft and the change of protocol. The investigation of the DHS employee was handled by the Oak Ridge Police Department. The criminal complaint stated that she had used her county-issued credit card to purchase items for herself. As well, the employee acquired gift cards, and they, they talk about it. And this was, remember, there's two. this was a separate issue, part of the overall issues with the DHS. The, and we talked about this one, too. This was the, 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 the lady had been stealing money, and that has been resolved. We move on. Mark and Steve bring up that back in 2019, and this was the big smoking gun. They bring up, and this is why we've been talking about the Department of Human Services the last couple of years. In 2019, Department of Human Services went over budget by $3.2 million, which included a $1.2 million quote-unquote accounting error. Oh, whoopsie. Oh, whoopsie. Of $1.2 million. And then this led into, at the time in 2019, all the discussion of what's going on with the DHS. This is when the Leader Telegram started to cover all of their little board meetings all the time at the DHS. And this led to, at the county board level, discussions of what should happen as far as any investigations would go. Remember, that's when they started talking about doing forensic audits and all of that sort of thing. And it seemed like a fait accompli that the county board would vote for there to be a forensic audit. 
that people with Weld Riley recommended that you should do a forensic audit, that, 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 that outside accounting firms recommended it. And it kept getting delayed, kept getting pushed. Nick Smyer and some other surrogates for the DHS on the board argued that it wasn't necessary. And eventually, Sheriff Ron Kramer said, all right, I'll just do it myself then. He used his own budget to do this. And then you started to have the issues, as we've talked about in the last several months, where Sheriff Ron Kramer's office has been stonewalled. County employees are taking their sweet time giving over information. They're not talking. So instead of helping, the county seems to be fighting itself, seems to be cannibalizing itself. And Mark Beckfield and Steve Chilson bring up the fact that the county board hired its own outside its own outside council that publicly they said was not to defend the DHS, but realistically it looked like it was to defend the DHS. I mean, it's a great, it's a great uh, article that they that they write here. Great guest column that pretty much brings you up to speed as to what's been going on with the DHS, but also brings up the issues, the frustration that we've brought up here on this program, and our big concern being. Not that the DHS has done something wrong. We'll find out if the DHS has done something wrong. And if they have done something wrong, people should be held accountable for that. And I think that's going to be the case. We'll find out what people have done and they'll be held accountable. But the other issue that has grown out of this that did not have to be the case has been the way... It has been handled by certain individuals, namely Nick Smyre and Catherine Schaaf. And boy, didn't the city dodge a bullet not putting Catherine Schaaf in as city manager last spring. I'm not going to go as far as saying that there has been a cover-up. No, I don't think so. But I think they're letting emotions and maybe personal connections cloud them. They're getting ahead of themselves in defending the DHS. I said this a few weeks ago, I'll say it again. If when Sheriff Ron Kramer's office comes back with its final findings sometime here in the year 2022, you're going to have a lot of people that have already put themselves in a position that they're, that they're standing in front of a firing line. And one group is going to be standing in front of firing lines that have bullets, and others will be standing in front of a firing line that doesn't. And that's not, I'm not, you know, we're not actually talking actual, this is, this is, <laughs> this is, this is an analogy here, folks. But what I mean is this. People like Nick, people like Catherine, other people that have gone out on a limb to defend the DHS, and remember, I'm going to talk about how they've been defending the DHS in a moment because they haven't been defending with any type of facts at all. They've been defending with, well, well, why are you against the DHS? We're not against the DHS. We just want to know what the hell's going on. If your kids, if, if your daughter and her boyfriend 
If your teenage daughter and her boyfriend go into their room and shut the door and you start hearing some sounds in there, you're going to start knocking on the door. And if the kids start yelling, hey, hey, why are you assuming we're doing something? I'm, I'm hearing something. Tell me. You know, I'm hearing something. I just want to clear things up here. Same thing here. These people have put themselves out on the line. If it comes back that the DHS has done things wrong, then I think people like Nick, they've got to be held super accountable by us in this community. And then you do almost have to not necessarily investigate it, but you got to, he's going to have to pay the piper somehow, whether it's he gets voted out or he loses power within the county or whatever. Because how he has attacked people like Steve Chilson, Mark Beckfield, any of us who dare question the DHS is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. To that end, though, if it comes back that the DHS is clean as a whistle, it's as clean as a whistle, except that there have been things mismanaged, and that's it, well, then people within the DHS have got to be held super accountable, and that starts off with Diane Cable, who has somehow or another skirted any type, any type of questioning in the last couple of years. Again, it's become pretty clear that, that, that Nick Smyre is not to be trusted. You read this... this uh, guest column from Steve Chilson and Mark Backfield. It's becoming very clear he's not to be trusted in just the way he has helped to oversee the county board's involvement in this. Even if DHS is innocent, he's extremely biased. Now again, if Nick wants to defend himself on this, I'll give him a microphone for 30 unedited minutes. Like I'll do to anybody. Same thing we've said about the uh, the uh, the health czar in town, Lisa Gizzi. The funny thing is, they all think nobody listens to these shows. Reality is, it's probably more that listen to this than read that than read that article that Steve Chilson and Mark Backfield put out there. I kid you not. Some of you think that maybe you're you're one of two people that are listening. I'll tell you right now. Uh, there's a lot of people <laughs> that listen to not only this program but all of our programs, and I, I'll I'll wrap this up here. If, you, if you're going to say, well, and I want to kind of end it on this note, I thought about starting it off on this. While I think Steve Chilson, Mark Beckfield summed up my points with the DHS exactly, wh why this thing has gotten almost more frustrating and worse since it started. It's not as though I am a huge supporter of those two all the time, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, it brings me to what I, I said here, I said a moment ago too, and, and I've used this line too on this program numerous times, and that is the Department of Human Services is going to be guilty of something. Either they have actually done something wrong or they have put on a master's class in how to look guilty. They have looked guilty. Nick's defending of them has made them look guilty, not innocent. 
Always be mindful. Always be leery of the person who tries to play the old card of, well, if you don't, if, 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 if who, who tries to play the old, well, you just got to give us blind faith all the time. I have nothing against what the Department of Human Services has done, and its work is going to become even more important in our society in the next 10 to 15 years. But that doesn't mean they have a blank card to do whatever the hell they want. They've got to face punishment like anybody else. And to question that the simple fact that I want them investigated to find out. You know, because you want an investigation doesn't mean you are hoping something is found doesn't always mean you're hoping there's a pound of flesh. It just means you want to figure something out. And before we as a community start giving more money into places like the DHS, we want to make sure things are clean over there. And why the hell there were all these issues? As I said, it's, it's, sort, it's sort of like the argument you've heard when it comes to race baiting. Well, you can't, you, you, you must be racist if you do XYZ. No, I just did XYZ. Oh, I was going to tell you why, you know, something about Steve Chilson and Mark Beckfield. I've disagreed with those two guys' stances before and pretty vehemently on this program. So it's not like I'm just some blind uh, supporter of those two. Oh, Lord knows no. I agree with them 100% on this category. I, I, was, I was as against them as I could be when it came to the Veterans Tribute Trail mess a few years ago, and, 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 and I remember Mark dodging us all the time on this program, and that was when things were good. You know, when we, when we, we were just trying to promote the darn thing bef just before the whole mess happened, and he did not want to uh, have anything to do uh, with our program. Uh, but I was not happy with the way that whole thing was handled, and innocent parties there were blamed. Innocent parties got the wrong end of the shaft on that. However, they are dead on when it comes to uh, when it comes to this. The leader telegram should give me some money for the promotion I'm giving them. Uh, moving on, uh, Chancellor James Smith, uh, UW Eau Claire Chancellor James Smith, been around for almost nine years now uh, at the university. Uh, news broke at the end of the last week. He is one of two finalists for the University of Wisconsin system leader to be the the leader of the whole state's university system it's between him and a guy who is a partner at international level law firm in milwaukee uh selfishly i hope he stays selfishly i hope that he doesn't get it uh now that doesn't mean i'm, I'm rooting against him but selfishly we've all been in that case you know there, there's a there's a co-worker that you really like uh that you selfishly hope they don't get a get a promotion not that you wouldn't be happy if they did but you, you kind of like the things the way they are so that sort of thing selfishly I hope he stays you know, better for the university if he ended up uh, staying he's helped lead the university through a, a period of uh, I think not only growth but modernization growth uh, as a business going forward uh, I think it's it's somewhat better for the community if he doesn't get the the job but it's very mean if you're you know for instance going onto your knees in front of the cross and praying he doesn't get it. I don't I wouldn't go that far uh handicapping it though uh 
I would say, why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't the Board of Regents go with the person who's been in the system? You've got James Smith, who's been in the system now almost a decade. Or you can go with the outside law firm guy. I don't know why you wouldn't go with the person who's been in your system. He led the university, University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, through growth and also through turbulent public relations issues. There were, there were issues of, of uh, 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 racial strife on the campus. There was the issue of uh, that vice chancellor a couple of years ago and issues with hiring there. There's been all these other little fires that have popped up over the last few years. Now, some will argue, hey, these occurred under his watch. There are reasons why you shouldn't give him the promotion, and that is fair. On the other hand, though, the more realistic way you look at it is when you have a large, multi-layered operation with wide-ranging personalities like you have with a university, issues will arise. Issues will arrive. You have a lot of type A personalities. You have so many people. You're dealing also with young adults, 18 to 22. We've all been there. That you're going to have serious issues. You're going to have issues that really aren't serious but become serious because they're being because they are being handled by younger adults. You're going to have, a, 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 you know, it, it's running a university is not like running, it's not like running a you know, major company because at the major company, typically you've got a similar set of personalities. At a university, a university has, the personality levels are a little bit more streamlined than they are at say high school because everybody's chosen to go there and all that, but you still have very wide-ranging personalities. So again, issues are going to pop up there, and you look at the issues that popped up, and it's hard to argue that he was the cause of any of the issues and how he went about stopping them out. He was always willing to go out there and talk. He talked things through. He didn't hide. He didn't do the old no comment, which the no comment way of handling public relations was very effective 20, 30 years ago. That's what you did. But now in today's day and age, not just the 24-hour news cycle, but the fact that you have social media because you can just jump right past the media and give more of a direct message yourself, you've got to go out and control the narrative because if you don't talk, other people will play sort of a, 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 like a game of fan fiction and they'll fill the narrative in for you. And in a lot of ways, with items you don't want it to be filled with. So I thought he handled, uh, handled the thing, sim uh, handled uh, any type of issue that did pop up well. And that's going to be a big part of the job publicly as the leader of the University of Wisconsin system. We should know by the end of the month if uh, Chancellor Jim, James Smith, uh, gets, the, uh, gets the promotion. Again, selfishly, you hope he, he, <laughs> you hope he doesn't. Uh, but truthfully, I, I have a hard time seeing him not uh, getting it. Uh, just because you, 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 court, you, you, you handicap it on the outside, 
and I haven't done a lot of research on this individual from Milwaukee, clearly they're a smart individual and what have you. And you don't have to have an educational background necessarily to run, but we'll see. Uh, Silver Mine was over the weekend. Hope some of you got out there and uh, and saw it. Uh, if you took advantage of it, they claim, and this is this is a pretty wide range here, anywhere from 6,000 to 10,000 spectators over the weekend. Uh, that's a pretty wide range, by the way, uh, 6 to 10. Uh, either way, you had a lot of people that were out there and uh, and checking it out. All right, well, that'll do it for this edition of the Talk of the Town. We'll be back on Thursday.